Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crypto Sapiens. Today, we are talking with Artorias, a founding member of ColtDAO. I'm pretty excited about this episode as we take a deep dive into a project that has gotten a lot of attention from many influential Web3 figures for their creative governance and tokenomics. ColtDAO is a decentralized venture capital platform whose manifesto, an evocative piece written by Mr. Amodulus, an anonymous person that founded the DAO, sets the tone for the project. We explore the DAO, made up of guardians who propose projects for funding, and the many, the community, who votes on the projects that are funded and the cult token with its hyperdeflationary mechanism. Without further ado, let's get started. So I've been in crypto for some time now, uh, working on other projects in which that I am normally doxxed, but uh, obviously this was something a little bit different. So I, I felt like I needed to have an alter ego that would, um, so that, I mean, everyone that's involved, myself and Mr. Modulus, we're, we're not docs because there's no need for it, um, because it doesn't, it shouldn't impact what the uh, cult does. So that's one of the reasons I've remained anonymous. But I was, I, I guess I've been working in crypto, um, obviously can't say what it is I've been working on, um, but. I was contacted anonymously by Mr. Omodulus, uh, which is basically how, how I got dragged into this. And, um, yeah, he showed me what he had, which was the bare bones of, uh, well, actually it was more, it was most of the meat and potatoes of cold Now He pretty much had this thing ready to go when I got involved. So, yeah, I, I don't really know how much more I can say. Let's talk about cult DAO because that is really kind of one of the first rules of it, isn't it? Is we talk about cult DAO. So what is it? Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's so difficult to describe because it's it, it's something that's in in my opinion is is quite new to the space, to crypto, to Web three. Um, I suppose in the simplest terms, it it, it is a decentralized venture capitalist platform mm. you know in, in its very most basic form it is it is an investment fund which is uh you know we've got a treasury that's built up from transaction fees uh and then you apply for investment if you're a guardian which is the top 50 stakers and then if it gets approved by the many who's everyone outside the top 50 then you receive the investment for whatever whatever project it is that you are uh that you are backing whether it's your own or whether it's on behalf of somebody else that you feel needs that investment 
And then that investment is then used to grow the projects or, or wherever it's going. And then those rewards are sent back to the stakers who are everyone who is stake, not just the voters, not just the people outside the top 50, but everyone receives the rewards. And then on top of that, there's the hyper deflationary mechanisms, which is that every time one of these investments goes out, you've got 2.5 ETH worth of coal at the time of execution that is immediately burnt. So you've got a total of 15.5 ETH of coal leaves the treasury and 2.5 is burned instantly and 13 goes to the uh, the investee. And then when the rewards are sent back, 50% of all the rewards are burned and 50% are used to buy back coal, which is then sent to the stakers. So there's a lot of elements that make this really beneficial. Every time a proposal goes through, you've got you've got three main things that are that are crucial for the longevity of cult and which is why it's built to last. And you've got the first, which is the instant burn. You've got the second, which is uh, another burn on uh, on delivery of the rewards, and the third is the rewards themselves. So. If you're staking and you're taking part in this whole ecosystem, which is pushing these proposals through, which are then benefiting grassroots, you know, small projects trying to get off the ground, it's really a win-win situation. Yeah, that's that's quite unique in this space, right? I think you're talking about the very thoughtful tokenomics that have been developed and also the way that um, Coltow has chosen to go about uh, incentivizing their community of, you know, stakers. Um, so before we jump in too deep into the meat and uh, uh, potatoes of this stuff, uh, you know, one thing that I thought was really interesting was your, uh, you know, the Coltow's choice for, you know, the, the choosing the, the manifesto uh, and kind of um, mobilizing the community and kind of sharing what they were about in that form. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, writing the manifesto, not necessarily saying that you wrote it, but, you know, what was the purpose of that? And I guess, what are some of the effects that you've seen? What are some of the feedback that you've gotten from the community from writing such a, you know, kind of thoughtful piece? Yeah, I definitely can't take the credit for the manifesto because that's how I, I read that the same way that everyone else has. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say, you know, where that comes from because obviously it's written by Mr. Homogenous, but, you know, the, the kind of stuff that's in there, that it touches on so many different um, facets of, uh, of the world we live in, feelings, you know, um, there's bits about like political leanings and, uh, you know, mental health. And one of the things I've always said, um, since I read it and publicly as well, is that there's, there's a lot of stuff in there and not everyone's going to relate to all of it, but there's something in there that I feel anybody can relate to. There's, you know, not everyone's got um, got belief in, you know, uh, things like Extinction Rebellion, that kind of environmental, political... Um, anarchism you know some people might think oh that's not me but 
you know, something like mental health is, that's a struggle that a lot of people have and have to deal with. And it's clear that, you know, whoever this guy is, he's feeling a lot of things that a lot of us are feeling too. And it just has put that on, onto paper. And it's almost, it's almost a rally for the people. Um, you know, aside from it being, you know, the section of, about, you know, it being for the cryptocurrency project, just, just the general, um, the general idea that, you know, there are people that are being taken advantage of and, you know, we don't deserve to be treated in some of the ways that we're being treated. And I think that's what's really resonated with a lot of people is that we're, we're better than this um, and we deserve better than this. And yeah, it just seems to have, you know, lit the candle up under people's asses. And um, I think that's one of the things that's really got people, you know, not just financially invested, but emotionally invested too, is that is being able to relate to that, um, you know, where that's coming from. Yeah, certainly. I think we've seen a change uh, over the last couple of years in terms of the um, the way that adopt the adoption of cryptocurrencies and just the whole decentralized ecosystem. Uh, particularly, I'm sure inspired by you know what has been happening around the world with the pandemic and everything else. Um, so it, I, I, I always, I always enjoy seeing projects that kind of lean into that and seek to inspire the community as a way to organize them and, um, you know, incentivize them for their participation and to build out an ecosystem that is different from, you know, maybe what, uh, what is the status quo. And certainly I think for most of us, that's what we're here to do, right? We're uh, hoping to build out something that's different, something that is a positive sum and we're creating value and not just necessarily extracting value from um, you know, the uh, people that we interact with and the projects that we're building and so on. So uh, that's really, yeah, I, I was personally very uh, inspired by that as well in terms of reading that manifesto and kind of seeing the way that that very personal and, uh, you know, uh, uh, evocative story uh, was able to make a connection. So uh, something else in terms of Kota that I think is uh worthy of kind of recognition is is the whole, um, you know, I guess the mimetic value of it as well. You know, I, I, I would say that personally, when I first heard of Colt Dow, I, I kind of scratched my head a little bit and I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't get it. Um, you know, the word Colt, especially in the crypto space, I think it is one of those things that can um, really drive a wedge, I think, between people and communities. But after hearing, I got to be honest, after hearing other people talk about cult DAO or just the word cult in general as a way of like um, bringing people together um, through that nomadic value of it, I started to kind of understand it a little bit more and um, I guess soften my stance on just the, the, the language, the narrative of it. I'm curious if you wouldn't mind just maybe from your own personal experience and also the discussions that uh, may have already happened within the Discord about you know that type of uh, narrative. What are some of the things that you've seen to be of value from kind of driving the project with that kind of, you know, uh, meme, if you will, which is like the whole cult meme. Yeah, I think there's 
there's definitely an element to it where, you know, this whole, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people, I think, are almost treating cult as a meme coin, which is, you know, that's okay. People want to feel that way about it. They, they can feel that way. Um, it's certainly, you know, if you look at the chart, it, it, it's had that hype that you see a lot with, um, you know, meme coins. And at the end of the day, it's, although maybe it wasn't an intention to, you know, just to be a meme, it's, it's helped in the way that, um, you know, the biggest thing that runs cult is volume. And, you know, whether you've got people buying, people selling, it's all contributing to the treasury, which is the fundamental part of the proposal mechanism. So I can understand, I can understand people look, taking a look at the charts and seeing it, the, the, the mean value of, of cult, which, you know, I, I don't share that belief because I think that's, that's too shallow a look at at the project but you know you can't you can't help the way people perceive something today it's just i think if you scratch away the surface and take 10 15 minutes out of your day to read the manifesto and take a look at the discord it it definitely shows itself to be a lot more than to be a lot more than that and it has you know real utility yeah i mean so let's talk about the guardians for a little bit um, it was an interesting way of selecting guardians for uh, ColtDAO. And, you know, in fact, one of the reasons why I personally uh, became more and more attracted to the project, and I think many people that I've talked to uh, feel the same way, is the uh, people that, ha that were engaged and even the some of those who have become guardians of the project are people who I would say are staunch defenders of decentralization. They're working pretty, uh, you know, consistently, you know, not just like short-term, but long-term uh, contributions to this space to kind of move decentralization forward. You know, some of these folks uh, that I saw being talked about as, uh, uh, you know, guardians or uh, having been reached out are, you know, I would say people that I've talked to and engaged with uh, to some degree, you know, like uh, Evan McMullen and Oren and Sinjin, David Hoffman, like a lot of people that, you know, run in my circles as well. So just curious to understand the thought process behind uh, the outreach for Guardians and really their purpose in the ecosystem as well. Yeah, I think you've, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. They, these were people that were chosen, not, not by me, I, I admit that was, this was all Mr. Homogenous is doing that was, but as you say, they were chosen because they they embody, you know, the kind of morals and ethics and beliefs beliefs in decentralization that, that cult does. They're all people that are championing, you know, Web3 and trying to bring power back into the hands of the people, which is exactly what cult wants to do. I think it's been a success because I believe there's been one guardian, one person who was given a pre-allocation as a guardian who dumped, and they were uh, definitely um, spoken out about on Twitter afterwards. But other than that, I believe all of those guardians are still guardians, as far as I'm aware. And there were 50 that were initially um, shortlisted, but only 15 responded and were given that 
that allocation. Um, and I think that's a pretty good, pretty good record that we've got. You know, only one of those that basically just said, no, nah, not interested after getting, after having agreed to getting uh, this allocation. Um, you know, take from that what you will. But yeah, it seems to have been the right people that were chosen because I believe they're all still actual, actual guardians. A lot of them are very active in the discords. I know there's a few who are working on proposals. You know, a lot of them are busy because these are, these are guys who are, you know, they're, they're public figures. So they've, they've got stuff going on. So we don't expect them to be in the Telegram chat every day. We don't expect them to be in the discord every day, but a lot of them are active, which is good. And there are, we've got a few of them I know are working on proposals. Um, so I'm very excited to see what comes of that. Yeah. So actually, so you thank you so much for that. Um, walk me through, I guess, uh, the process. Cause what we're talking about, you know, this is this, uh, it, it's, it's a place for people and projects to be able to gain access to capital. Uh, it's like, uh, democratic uh or decentralized vc fund if you will so what's the process here in terms of you know the way that the treasury contributes to these funds and the way that um you know uh, guardians are creating proposals and projects can submit ideas and get funding like what what does that process look like and what are some of these investments that may have already been made uh, or are you know maybe made in the near future? Yeah, we've had um, the, the Discord is is a, is really good at the moment. It's it's like a proper hub of um, you've got there's kind of two layers to it. There's the, there's the general chit chat and the people talking about the price. You know, the, the sentiment changes in there depending on what's going on in the charts. That's just natural. Um, but then you have this layer above that where. You've got all these guardians. There's a special channel for anyone that is a guardian, and in there, it is a constant flurry of uh, these guys talking about um, proposal ideas that they've got. They've got um, people who are reaching out to them uh, with their own ideas, saying, "Would you put this forward on my behalf?" But, you know, there's a few channels in there where people can submit their ideas, where it can be picked up. But a lot of it either comes from uh, the guardians themselves having projects they believe in, or yeah, just chatting to people that have dropped. So there's pre-proposal courses, which is a channel where people basically put in their ideas and then they can talk more about it. And then once once the details stop starting to iron out, uh, a workshop gets created in the Discord, and then in there people can talk about their proposals in more detail and then you know it almost becomes like an ask me anything with the actual with the people either proposing or from the projects which is which is really good because it means that people have the chance to to question and and do their own research on these proposals before they just vote on it and it means instead of just blindly voting something through just because you want to see the coal burn it means people are actually, they're having that option to be able to do their own research. The same way you you would do your own research or you should do your own research when you're going to invest in a token. If you've got if you've got one ETH spare, you don't just take it to the first coin that you see on CoinMarketCap and say, I'm going to buy that. Someone that knows what they're doing goes and finds out a little bit more. They ask questions. Um, and that's what's 
fact, what's really good, uh, which I've been really impressed by at the moment, is just if, if you look at the proposals that have been submitted, we've had a really good mix of, uh, you know, a good variety in in the types of proposals, as well as uh, you've got ones that are not passing, you've got ones that are passing, they've got different levels of votes on them, um, which shows that, you know, people are using their heads and they're, they're thinking about it and they're, they're actually choosing what they think is, is worthy um, instead of just putting anything they can through. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was what, something I was mildly concerned by when we first launched, that it wouldn't really, it wouldn't become an actual, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be investing in interesting projects. There would just be people putting any old rubbish in and it would get passed and then we'd get a burn and that was that. But there, there's some really interesting stuff going through. Um, just off um, the top of my head, we've had ones for, there's a marketing one which has just passed, which was uh, to get Colt up on a billboard in Times Square. Um, so we're in the process of getting that sorted, which should be good, you know. That's a nice way to try and spread the word, grow the project some more. And then you've got ones like uh, the inverse finance ones, which are basically um, yield farming. So what that aims to do is bring in, you know, start bringing in steady rewards to stakers. So at the, at the moment where we're in the early stages of these proposals, um, you know, there's a time lag for rewards coming in, and that's what people are questioning the platform about because they're not seeing lots of rewards rolling in yet. But that's only because, you know, we're looking long term when we've had all these proposals um, successfully go through, and then we've got the the successful projects sending rewards back. You know, in a few months' time, we're going to see a steady flow of uh, rewards and burns. So it's really going to pick up momentum. And yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pretty impressed with the with the community, honestly, with how they've you know taken it upon themselves to vote through the stuff they believe in and you know to reject the stuff that they don't. Yeah, that's great. So it, let let me I guess recap uh, for my own benefit. It sounds like the process here is for uh, cult holders to uh, stake their tokens. Uh, this allows them to uh, be able to use that both in terms of gaining rewards, but also participate in the governance or voting uh, of these proposals that are coming through. Um, for anyone who is trying to uh, build uh, a project or get funding through, you know, ColtDAO, it sounds like they need, they can write those proposals, but they only will uh, be put through governance if a guardian sponsors it. So once that guardian has sponsors it, it goes up for voting. And it sounds like even then, the community is being very thoughtful about the uh, types of projects that are being voted on. So they're definitely doing their research. They're vetting these projects to make sure that the funding is going to projects that are going to add value or create value back to um, to the cult down. Did I follow that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so anyone staking, you get the governance token, which is decult, and then the top 50 holders of decult are the guardians, and then everyone else is the many. So, yeah, guardians propose but can't vote, and then the many can vote but they can't propose. So it stops. It, it takes some of the power out of the hands of the whales, and it puts it in everyone else's hands. 
Yeah, that's interesting. So walk me through a little bit of that because so you touched on you said two things there that really intrigued me. One of them is, you know, taking power away from the whales, but also the way that this uh, voting mechanism works. Is this being managed, uh, you know, in a decentralized way? In other words, is voting done by smart contracts or how is that done? Yeah, it's it's completely decentralized. So there's, um, it's all done via a smart contract. There's no there's no human involvement whatsoever other than the person um, proposing and people voting. So when a project is successful, that that burn happens automatically and the, um, the funds from the treasury are sent automatically to the recipient wallet. So it doesn't rely on anyone getting in the way. Uh, contracts have been renounced for cults, decults, uh, the staking platform, the treasury, everything. So there's no access to any of those contracts whatsoever anymore. So no one can withdraw from the treasury. You know, no one can play around with the tax. It's all completely decentralized now. Wow, that's really amazing. So, I mean, I, I can see why, you know, the focus was in uh, on decentralization and onboarding these uh, decentralized decentralization maxis, if you will, right? Uh, early on as guardians was to kind of promote that type of, um, you know, uh, ethos firstly, but also uh, processes. And so it sounds like, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely uh, been implemented here, even through the way that the, this funding um, gets distributed and well voted on and then distributed. So uh, that's really great. So, you were talking about uh, ways of, or the way that you minimize the impact of whales. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what was the thought process there? And, you know, what? How, maybe even like, if you wouldn't mind kind of reiterating um, how, you know, the process within Coltow is kind of minimizing that impact. Yeah, I think that, that that's something it's, it's a mechanism I haven't seen in another DAO before, which is you get a lot of problems. Uh, there was a protocol the other day that I think it was Beanstalk that got hacked because someone was able to flash loan um, like a billion dollars worth of the token and it gave them the rights to emergency withdraw millions of dollars of funds. And um, I think what, one of the things that's great about cult is just this nothing like that can happen because it's completely, you know, it's all locked up. Um, and the idea of giving these, the top 50, the they've got the ability to propose but not to vote means that, whereas whereas in, in some DAOs, it's, uh, you know, it's weighted towards the people, the whales. So if, if someone wants to, uh, to vote something through, a lot of people might vote on it. But then a couple of wallets could come along and say, no, thank you. And, you know, completely tip the scales. And I think the way the way we've done it is not, nothing's perfect. You can't, I don't think there'll ever be a perfect down because there's just too many variables um, involved. And but I think we're getting, I think we've done a, a fairly decent job of making it a fair system where you're you're evening the you're yeah you're leveling the playing field so that those people with the smaller wallets are able to you know they're able to have their say they're able to contribute rather than just 
being completely outweighed by one massive wallet. You know, maybe walk us through a little bit about some of the uh, planning, like maybe how much of that was done before you came in, or maybe if you contributed to that, what some of the the, the, the thought process was to developing uh, this really comprehensive, you know, to- tokenomics, uh, you know, structure and the way that it operates with both, um, you know, using it as an incentive, if you will, for attracting guardians, but also using it as a, um, you know, incentive for the community to also earn from uh, both the, I guess, uh, liquidity of the token, but from the, um, you know, uh, funding of projects. Yeah, it, I mean, that was another thing that was it was delivered to me the same way that most people have seen it now. I didn't have too much uh, contribution into the tokenomics itself. But one of the things that struck me with it is that it's it's created a token that's built to last and it's built, it's literally built to function even at lower price points because all that matters uh, for Colt is volume because that's what fills the treasury which, which funds uh, the proposals. And one of the beautiful things is that when the price is lower, because when the treasury, uh, when the proposals go through, the value, the value of it is always calculated in comparison to Ethereum. So, no matter what uh, the price of gold is, when a burn is happening, it's happening valued compared to ETH. So, obviously, now two point five ETH worth of gold is a lot more gold tokens than it was when we were at our all-time high. So what that means is that even if there's sell pressure that's that's causing the price to dip, all that's doing is just taking more tokens out of circulation faster, which then allows us to continue growing exponentially. So that, what that means is that it, it turns cult into just, um, it's just a waiting game. It's because of how much it's getting how much is getting burned over time. Like if you look at the treasury now, it's got uh, just under a thousand ETH worth of cult in it. 16% of each proposal investment is burned straight away. So what we're saying is 16% of that thousand ETH, which is 160 ETH, that is cult that is guaranteed to burn because the only way that can come out is through proposals and that means that that that's just the um, that's just on the way out as well. So you've got 160 ETH in there, which is guaranteed to burn. Plus, you've got half of all the rewards coming back, which are burned as well. And you know, as the price dips, that's just more and more cult that's that's going to a dead wallet forever. So what what happens is that there's going to be a tremendous amount of uh, pressure over time on the circulating supply. And obviously, if you've got cult in your wallet, that's not going to burn. So it's going to be all the stuff. Every time the transactions are made, it's ultimately, it's the, tr- it's the treasury that's building up and it's going to cause the majority of the burn. So as long as there's, as long as there's volume, that means that the, the tokenomics are sound. It means that cult has a future. And that's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to talk about Cold Dow, 
go to cultdao.io and on Twitter at WeAreCultDAO. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. Please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And stay tuned for our next discussion.